How is everybody today? So, my family's been attending True North Church for, ah, I think, around five or six years. Um, and Rex is a fantastic preacher. I love listening to Rex. But I had to do something last Sunday that in those five or six years I've never had to do um, when I got home. I was, in, I was really surprised that I had to do it, but I had, to, I had a conversation with my daughter last Sunday when we got home from church, and I, I had to tell her, you know, dear, not everything that Rex says is always true. Sometimes Rex says things that aren't true. And last week was one of them. Um, I don't know, those of you that were here and were listening, uh, Rex said that all dads make mistakes. And um, I had to let my kids know that that all but me, uh, it's not Rex's faulty. Those of you that don't know me, I'm sorry. I'm Brian, and I'm kind of the JV guy. Uh, Rex preaches for us. He's our senior minister, and he does a fantastic job. I love sitting under him. That was a joke. I didn't really tell my daughter he was wrong. Those of you that aren't sure, um, I do know that I make mistakes. She knows that I make mistakes. All my kids know that. Um, But if you're new with us today, I always say this. The people that are here every time I preach may get tired of hearing it, but I say it every week, every time I preach. Rex is our senior pastor, he's the one that preaches most of the time. So if you don't like today, at least give him a chance next week because there's a little difference in styles. Uh, So just, I just want to throw that out there. I don't want anybody to, I don't want anybody to not come back because they don't like me because I'm only here every once in a while. All right. Everybody okay with that? So we're going to talk today about choices. Making a choice. And I heard there's this new parenting thing. Uh, people that teach parents how to parent now are teaching this thing about giving your kids choices. If, if, if you're trying to get your child to do something, you give them choices to help them get it done. Maybe they can choose when to do it or maybe they can choose how they do it. Or, but, but give them choices so that they have ownership and they have they have, they have the ability to make a choice in that, and, and I love that. I think that's fantastic because I've, I've got a daughter that's 30. I've got a daughter that's 16. I've taught, I've raised them with choices their entire life. The choice has always been do what I said or get in trouble. There's all your choices, right? Not that complicated. I told you to clean, the, I told you to sweep the floor. Get the floor swept. That's it. So, so I thought I, I was very happy when they said we should give them choices because I've been doing that my whole life. Um, but we make choices, don't we? We, we? we woke up this morning, we chose what we were going to eat for breakfast, or maybe we chose what we were going to wear. And we, we make choices about our, our life. We make choices about our jobs and those kind of things. And so you may have, if you have the New Living Translation, when you open to Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19, it probably is going to say something to the effect of teachings about money and possessions, all right? I want you to cross that out because this section is not about money and possessions. It's about choices. Now, you really don't have to cross it out. I'm just teasing. But but we're going to look at this. We're we're covering a lot of ground. And those of you that have heard me before, usually I have three points. You're pretty used to me having three points today. I got five. And we're covering 15 verses, so hopefully you're comfortable, settle in, we're going to be here for a while, all right? I'm just teasing. 
But in Matthew chapter 6, we're, in, we're still in the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, again, remember, is teaching. He's walking through a crowd. He's on a mountain. And he's teaching them different things. And a lot of things that, that he's been teaching are different than what they were hoping he would say. And we're, nothing is going to change this week. We're going to look at some things that Jesus is going to say probably may not be all that comfortable for you to hear. Uh, just remember all the way through this that it's Jesus that says this. Those little red letters, that's Jesus speaking. That's not me speaking. So some of the things he's going to say are going um, to be better received if you understand it's from him and not from me because I, I'm just an imperfect person. He, he is, is our Savior. But the first choice that we get the chance to make here in Matthew chapter 6 beginning in verse 19, is whether or not, is either to store our stuff here or store our stuff in heaven. Beginning in verse 19, Jesus says this, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy, and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So I want you to think about this for a minute. Jesus says, very simply, don't store things up here on earth because it's going to go away. Store them in heaven where they're not going to go away. Now, many of you probably have heard this section of scripture taught either by a pastor or by someone else. Uh, this is why you should give to the church and this is why you should make donations and this is why you should bring stuff to the church. And I don't necessarily agree with that, even though I probably have said that before. Um, I, I, I grow in my learning as I study Scripture, and some things I see, sometimes I learn differently. But, but I want us to look at this. Let's, let's look closely at what Jesus says. He says, don't store up treasures for yourself here on earth. What are treasures here on earth? Well, treasures here on earth, things that we value, probably are like gold and silver and those kind of things. We talk about money, and the New Living Translation told us we were going to talk about money and possessions. So this is about money. Jesus is saying, don't store your money and your possessions and your treasures here. Store them up in heaven. But I have a question for you. How many of you, how many, like anyone in here have a diamond ring that they feel is, is pretty valuable, they, they, they would like to hold on to and not lose? Um, or, or like a nice necklace or something? Or, or a nice-sized bank account. If you were to bring that diamond ring to the table here and say, here, this is my donation. I'm going to lay up my treasure here on earth. I'm going to bring it to heaven instead. When you get to heaven, Peter says, hi, welcome, and you walk in the door. You walk through those pearly gates. Is there going to be someone that shows up with your diamond ring and says, here's the diamond ring that you gave. I wanted to give it back. Or what if I were to bring this big treasure chest? If I got a big treasure chest of gold and rubies and all, the, all these jewels and it's overflowing with money and all this kind of And I bring that and I say, this is my, I'm laying up my treasure in heaven. I'm bringing this treasure here. When I get to heaven and I walk through the gates, is someone going to meet me with that treasure chest and say, hey, you, you gave this to the church, all those things. It, it, didn't, it didn't corrupt. It, it didn't rust. The moths didn't get it. Here, here you go. I, I've kept this for you. God has kept this for you all those years. Is that when I, Am I going to get that back? This means yes. This means no. 
Nope. Nope. Nobody's going to give me a diamond ring when I get to heaven. Nobody's bringing me a big treasure chest. So the question then becomes, what does Jesus mean when he says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures here on earth, but lay them up in heaven? Because if, I'm, if my treasure is not going to be given back to me in heaven, then how am I laying it up here versus there? That's a valid question, right? Everyone understand the question we're asking? Let me answer it with this. Another question, because I, like I like to answer questions with questions. That's why people sometimes dis, don't really enjoy having conversations with me, because I just ask them more questions. Here's your question. What do you have here on earth that you will also have when you get to heaven? What do you have here on earth that you will also have when you get to heaven? People. You will have faith, and faith is important, yes. But isn't heaven about people? I mean, let's go back to our, let's go back to our treasure chest. In our treasure chest, we have gold and rubies and crystal and all that kind of stuff, right? The gold that's in my treasure chest, what is that in heaven? Asphalt. Isn't it? What are the roads made of when we get to heaven? They're made of gold. All the gold that I would send to God, he's going to take and he's going to melt it down and make a road for me. Right? So it can't be about the treasure. It can't be about the money. It can't, it can't be about what I'm bringing my finances. It has to be about something else, right? It's people. Because what will not be destroyed when we get to heaven? People. What won't we lose when we get to heaven? People. So when Jesus says, don't lay up for yourself treasures here on earth, where it's going to be destroyed anyway, lay them up in heaven. What Jesus is saying is, you have a choice. And you can choose either to invest your life in people and invest your life in relationships and invest your life in filling heaven or you can choose to make a lot of money, have a lot of cool stuff and enjoy this life here. Right? Isn't that what Jesus says? He says, don't store for yourself treasures here on earth. Store them up there where it's not going to be destroyed. How much do people matter to you? Now, the extroverts in the room love this kind of stuff, right? People that are outgoing like to make, like to make new friendships. Yes, yes, I, yes, I love people. I, but there are some people that are kind of introverted, right? They're, they're not, can, can introverted people make an investment in people? Absolutely they can. But what you have to understand is that Jesus says, you're making a choice. You're going to make a choice. Either you're going to do what you can to build relationships and draw people to the Lord, or you're going to make yourself comfortable and you're going to buy your own self stuff and you're going to have things for you. Those things are here on earth. Relationships are what will continue in heaven. So the question becomes... How, how many relationships are you building while you're here? And how are you doing with focusing on lives 
being touched and lives being changed and how much time are you spending making things for yourself, laying up treasures for yourself here? That's kind of a different choice, huh? But then he gives us another choice to make, all right? We can have dark or light eyes. He says this in verses 22 and 23. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? So what's Jesus saying here? The eyes are the lights. That, that's, how, that's how light gets into your spirit, right? Think about all of the things that you take in for your life through your eyes. Watch TV, watch movies, watch YouTube, play tic-tac-toe or TikTok or whatever it is, face slap, snapbook, and all those things, right? All that social media, all those social media things, right? I'm not a social media hater. I'm just a social media kind of a disliker. Because what are we taking in in that social media? You, you know that social media has, you know that social media has added to depression, right? You know why it's added to depression? Because people see other people's lives and they think that's their life. And they look at their life on Facebook or they look at their life on Instagram and they say, man, they've got a wonderful life. It's like, it's like Jimmy Stewart. It's a wonderful life. And it's great. And life is fantastic. And they look at those people showing their fantastic life and they think, why is my life not like that? Yeah? Anybody talk to anybody like that? It, their life really isn't like that here. That, that's, that's the... That's the reality check for you to help you out. Their life really isn't as wonderful as they want you to think it is on Facebook. They're just putting out there the wonderful stuff. Jesus says the eyes are the light of the, uh, are the, light of the body. How you get light into your spirit is through your eyes. And if, you're, you're light, if you're light, the light that you're letting in is good, then you're going to have goodness. If the light is bad and dark, you're going to have darkness. <clears throat> that, that's kind of that, easy to understand, right? If you look at good things, you're going to have good things. If you look at bad things, you're going to have bad things. Yes? Let's talk about people because remember our first decision, we're laying up treasures in heaven. And our treasures in heaven involve people, right? So let's think about that in this context. If I look at someone, can I find good in someone if I'm looking for it? This means yes, this means no. Can I find good in someone if I'm looking for it? Yes, I certainly can. Doesn't matter who they are. I can find good in somebody. Can I, if I'm looking for it? Can I find bad in someone if I'm looking for it? Certainly I can. Can I find good in the situation that I find myself in? This means yes. This means no. Yes. Can, is there good to be found in situations? Yes. Is there bad to be found in situations? Yes. What makes the difference? Starts with a C and rhymes with oys. Choice, good. It's the choice that I make, isn't it? 
If I decide, if I make the choice to look at you in your life and what's going on in your life, if I make the choice to look and see how cool you are and what kind of good things you're doing in your life, I can find them. If I make the choice to look at you and try and figure out what I can pick apart and what I can say you're doing wrong and where I can see you're making mistakes, when I, if I choose to find that, I can find that. If I, if I look at a situation and I want to see how miserable that situation is, I can make any situation miserable. If I want to look at a situation and I want to see how wonderful that situation and how many opportunities there are, I can make that choice as well, can't I? Jesus says, your eyes, the way you see things, the way you look at things, the choice that you make to examine situations and people, that choice will determine whether you have brightness in your life or whether you have darkness in your life. I'm not going to ask you who out there is miserable. That would be a bad question. I will ask you this, though. In times in your life that you find yourself really struggling with misery and depression and sadness and darkness, how much of it is because you're focused on the bad? You're focused on what's going wrong. You're focusing on what people have done to hurt you as opposed to what ways you might be able to help or what ways they've been good to you in the past. Isn't that true? It's choice. You get to make the choice. You, you choose whether you, have, whether you experience joy in your life or you experience pain and sadness in your life. You make the choice. What we don't like is that Jesus says, it's your choice. Because if I make the choice, who's responsible? I am, right? So what's going on now? We've, we've, we went through two things here, right? We've, made, we've been given two choices. Jesus has said, you can make two choices. And so what is Jesus saying? What, and what, he's saying, you can choose to be good, you can choose to be bad. You can choose to focus on this, you can choose to focus on this. Now, what are the people that Jesus is teaching? What are they doing? See, this is why some people say I have a warped mind, but it's okay. Jesus loves me because I think about these things. What are the people in the congregation, what are the people that Jesus is teaching right now doing? The same thing that you would be doing. Well, God, do I really have to make the full choice? Or is there a way to kind of choose a little bit and kind of choose a little bit on either side? This is how we demonstrate this. There's a law, right? The law says you can go up to this line. In the old New Testament, King James, Hitherto shalt thou comest and no further. So what do we do? We come to the line. Okay. I'm right on the edge of it. How bad can I be and still be good enough? Yeah? I, maybe just me. Nobody else out there may struggle with this. But I've seen other people struggle with this, right? Because we want to be able to have a little bit of our fun, and we want to be able to have a little bit of not Jesus, and we want to have a little bit of Jesus. We want to have enough Jesus to get to heaven, but not enough that I lose out on all my fun here on earth. Right? It's a choice. That, and Jesus knows he's so smart. He knows that's what's going on in their mind. Because that's what would be going on in your mind. Maybe even was going on in your mind as I was saying, you have to choose. Some of you might have been saying, ooh, is it, there's got to be a way to not have to make that hard line choice. So Jesus says this. He helps them out with it. He says this, verse 24. No one. 
Who's that? Who's that include? No one, right? No one. So that's all of us are now no ones. No one can serve two masters. You're not special. No one can serve two masters, for you're either going to hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What does Jesus say? You've got to choose. We don't like to choose, do we? Do you remember in your young dating years, where do you want to eat? I don't care wherever you want to eat. Where do you want to eat? I don't care wherever you want to eat. I don't care wherever you want to eat. I don't care. Well, what do you, well where, where do you want to go? I don't care wherever you want to go. Do you want to watch a movie? I don't care if you want to watch a movie. I'll watch a movie. I don't want to make a choice. I don't want to decide. And that's the way we are. Because when we make a choice, think about this. When you choose one thing, what do you do with the other thing? You miss out on it. Right? Test this with your kids sometime. Put a scrumptious looking piece of cake in a scrumptious stack of cookies and say, you can have this one or this one. Watch them struggle. Right? Because if I take the cookies, I miss out on the cake. And if I take the cake, I miss out on the cookies. Yes? Isn't that the way we treat God? God, I really don't want to give up the cookies, but I really want the cake. So how about I take a little bit of both? Nope. you got to choose. You can't serve both God and yourself. He uses the word money. Why? Because money drives the world, doesn't it? I mean, think about what you spend most of your time dealing with. You probably spend more time at work and sleeping than you do with your family doing other things. That's the way, that's the way of the world, right? Money controls so much of our lives. And Jesus says, you can't serve them both. you got to choose one or the other. So what's our next choice? Our next choice is either to worry or to trust. Thank you. I'm glad somebody chuckled. I was so disappointed. I saw this. I've been preparing this sermon. And I was looking for, I was like thinking of a picture I could put up and I didn't see one, and this popped up on Facebook the other day, and I was like, that's perfect. So thank you for those of you that chuckled. I appreciate it. Listen to this in verse 25. That's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And are you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow... He will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Now, what's the choice? The choice is I can worry or I can trust. 
Talking about worry in today's society is almost as difficult as talking about money. Because so many people now struggle with anxiety and worry and depression and all of those things. I'm not here as a medical person. I'm here as a preacher. But how many of us struggle with worry? Nobody wants to raise their hand because everybody would raise their hand, right? We all worry. And what do we worry about? The the funny part about this is what does Jesus say, why do you worry? He says, why do you worry about what you're going to wear? And why do you worry about water and what you're going to drink? And why do you worry about food that you're going to eat? Now, I want to ask you a question. How many of you honestly, this morning, before you came to church, actually had to struggle whether or not you had clothes to wear for church? No one, right? You may have had to struggle whether they were clean or not. You may have had to decide whether they would look cool enough or not. You might have wondered and worried about how people would compliment you or not compliment you based on what you were wearing. But nobody went to their closet and it was completely empty, did they? And how many of us have sat down at a table with no food and worried about where we're going to get food from. I doubt any of us have actually had that worry. There are people that do. I'm not trying to take that away from them. But the vast majority of us, especially as you, as you look around this, this auditorium, very few of us worry about what we're eating or what we're drinking or what we're wearing, right? Whether we're going to have it to do. So then what are we worrying about? See, Jesus was speaking to the people as he's doing the Sermon on the Mount. He's talking to them about their needs and, and things that actually matter. If you don't have food, you die. If you don't have drink, you die. If you don't have clothing, you die, right? So those are things you actually need to live. And Jesus said, don't even worry about those needs that you have because God takes care of the lilies and dressed the lilies more beautiful than even Solomon was in all of his kingly garb. Don't look at the birds. You don't see the birds lining up saying, okay, Sam, you bring the wood, you bring the nails, you bring an air hammer, and we'll go build us a house. They're not worried about building a house, right? They throw a few sticks together, climb on in, and have a nap. How much more, Jesus says. How much more? If he cares that much for the lilies that are just going to be burned up, if he cares that much for the birds that they're everywhere, how much more does he care about you? Why do we worry? And what do we worry about? You see, this hits home for me. Because a few years ago, I, I, I was not feeling well. It was the end of the basketball. I was coaching girls basketball, elementary school basketball. There were some things going on at work, and um, I, I wasn't feeling well. And so I went to the doctor. The doctor said, I ah, probably caught a flu bug or something like that. You know, everything's the flu bug. Uh, it was pre-COVID, so it wasn't COVID. Um, so you probably caught a flu bug or something like that. It'll go away. So I went home, I went home and I, I wasn't feeling better. So one morning I got up and... I, I walked out, and our dog is white and black. He kind of looks like a kind of looks like a cow. Um, 
But when I looked at him that morning, his, like the white, the white hairs inside the black hairs almost were like luminescent. Um, and I looked outside of the, 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 the twigs on the trees were like, they were a goofy looking, almost like fluorescent type look. I was like, I, I don't think that's right. I, I don't think that's what those are supposed to look like. So I called my doctor. He said, well, come in. Let's do some blood. Let's do some blood work. But I went in blood to, to do the blood work. And um, about three or four weeks before that, I had my blood taken at work they, just for regular wellness stuff. And my blood count was like 15, 15, between 15 and 16 at that time. So I went and had my blood work done. The doctor called me that day, and he said, uh... We're going to send you to the hospital. Which hospital do you want me to send you to? Um, your blood count is now at six. Uh, so I'd lost over half of, of my blood. So uh, somewhere, it's going somewhere. <laughs> so we, I said, well, let's go to Toledo. So we go to Toledo Hospital. I walk into Toledo Hospital, and the waiting room is full. I mean, there's not a seat anywhere. And I'm like, oh, great. I'm going to be sitting here in Toledo Hospital forever. I check in, they said, and as I checked in, a nurse came and got me. If you've ever been to Toledo Hospital or St. V's or anything like that, that never happens. This nurse came to see me and she said, hey, we don't have a room for you right now, but we have a bed. We're going to put you on a gurney in the hallway and get things started until we can get you into a room. Because I had lost so much blood. I was on the way out. Um, it was an ulcer. I had a bleeding ulcer. So I'm like, it's got to be diet-related, right? So in the, in the hospital room later, I said, do I need to make any diet changes? And they said, ah, we really don't think it's diet-related. So what does that mean? That means I had almost worried myself to death. I don't say that because I'm proud. I say it because it's Right? I say that because why do we worry? Because I have a God that said, there's no reason for you to worry. Look at everything that's out there. I have everything you'll need. Why do you worry? Why do we worry? Why do we let things bother us? And the things that bother us, do they really matter? Jesus says worry is a choice. We choose worry. We choose anxiety. We choose those things. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said, why do you do that? It's a choice. Now, I, I know there are, I know there are much deeper circumstances. I'm not trying to address those, but what I'm telling you is the, mo the vast majority of us, the things we worry about don't matter nearly enough for us to spend so much time worrying. If we would just trust the Lord if we would just put our faith in him. If we would just say, this makes no sense to me, but I know you've got it. Why do we worry? That brings us to our last choice. Our last choice is this. Am I going to focus on myself or am I going to focus on the Lord? Look, if you will, in verses 31 through 34. So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. 
already knows him. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. When we worry, who are we focused on? We're focused on ourselves. What can I accomplish? What can I do? What can I do to make this better? How can I make this happen? How can I? How can I? Why am I? Why, why does this bother me? Why, is, why am I going through this? Why are people treating me like that? Why am I wearing this? Why am I driving this? Why am I working here? Why, why, why? Why am I? Why am I? Why am I? The focus gets on us, and that's why we worry, because we can't do anything about it. If anybody's hungry right now, try worrying yourself a cookie into your hand. You're dumb, Brian. You're right, I am. Because it can't happen. Jesus throws in a little sarcastic comment. I, I, I call it sarcastic because I like to be sarcastic, so it helps me feel like it's okay. <laughs> but he says, who of you, can, by worrying, can add a day to your life? This is, your, this is your homework assignment for the next time that I preach or next week. If you see me next week, I want somebody to go Google for me and bring to me next week the medical benefits of worry. It's not going to happen, right? I'm focused on myself. Jesus says, don't worry about that stuff. What I want you to do is focus on When God is the most important thing in your life, everything else falls into place. When you take your relationship with Jesus and you say, above all else, I'm going to focus on you, Lord. Above all else, I'm going to make you the priority. More important than my job, more important than my relationships with other people, more important than my relationship with my spouse, more important than my relationship with my children, more important than anything, God, I'm going to seek you, and I'm going to seek your will, and I'm going to seek what you want above everything else. And I'm going to do everything I can to live righteously because that brings honor to you, Lord. When God becomes the priority in our life, everything else falls into place. That's why this entire section is not about wealth and possessions. This entire section is about choices. What choice will you make? How will you choose? Will you choose to invest in the lives of people so that heaven can be full? Or will you choose to build your own bank account? It's your choice. If you choose the bank account, enjoy it. In this life, because you probably will not enjoy the next one. You see, that's the harsh reality. That's the struggle that we, especially as Americans, because we love everybody and because we want everybody to be okay and we want everybody to feel good about themselves and because we want everybody to have self-esteem, that's the struggle with us as Americans because we take, what God, we take when God says, you have to choose, and we say, how about I spend some time in the middle? And Jesus says, no, you can't. 
When you sit down in your house and you turn the TV on because you want a break, the show that you choose to watch determines whether you're building life and light into your life or whether you're building darkness and sadness. You choose. When you scroll through those social media, I'm not a social media hater, just a disliker. When you scroll through those social media things and you see all those things, remember that God is your priority. Maybe somebody's, maybe somebody's picture in their car and their what their promotion and maybe that makes maybe that's good for them. But don't let it determine your joy or your sadness. Let God determine whether you'll be joyful or sad by focusing on Him. You have to choose. You have to choose one or the other. Why worry? Choose to trust. Our God can do more than you can imagine. Why don't we trust him? Why do we worry? And who really matters in this? Do I matter? Do my wants and my desires and my longings, are they more important than what God wants out of my life? If they are, I've made a bad choice. God says, choose me. God says, choose me fully. Don't try and stand in the middle because it ends bad. Remember the church at Laodicea in the book of Revelation? Jesus talking to churches through John. The church at Laodicea was lukewarm. They, they, they didn't want to make a choice. They wanted to be cool with the, they wanted to be cool with the cool people, and they wanted to be okay with God. They, they, they want to go to heaven, but they don't want to give up their fun here on earth. Right? Anybody know anybody like that? Yeah. We all do, right? Maybe that's us. It's God's message to the church of Laodicea. Oh, come on in. I, not a big deal. Go ahead. His message to the church of Laodicea, who's lukewarm, who doesn't want to make a choice, his message to them is, I will projectile vomit you out of my mouth. That's what the scripture says. You have to choose. You have to make a choice. You choose God, or if you don't choose God, you've chosen not God. Whoo! That's harsh, right? We don't like hearing that. I'm just going to tell you, I don't like hearing that. I like to have my cake and eat my cookies too. I'm not going to lie. Somebody that's pretty close to me came to me earlier this week. They, they were reading in a book, and what they read in the book kind of spoke to them, and so they, they came to me to talk to me about it. And what they had read in the book what said this, what's your relationship with Jesus? How would you characterize your relationship with Jesus? Because each of us have Jesus at a different level, right? 
See, there are some people that, to them, Jesus is someone they pass in the hallway. They, they know him. They, they've seen him around. They may, hey, how you doing as they walk by? You throw up a wave. I don't, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what they do now to be cool. I never really was cool. But, you know, just a wave and go on by. There are some people that, that you'll sit by in class, and so you talk to them in class, and they might help you with homework, but then outside of class, you don't really talk to them or spend any time with them. Right? And then there, there are some people in your life that you spend all of your available time with. We make the same choice with Jesus. We choose whether he's the one we spend our free time with and the one that we grow a relationship with, or if we're going to keep him at a distance and just kind of, eh, hey, because we want to be able to know him. Bad to not know Jesus when the end comes, right? That's a bad thing. But we don't really want to get too, I don't really want to be too wrapped up in this mess. As the worship team comes forward, I, I want you to think about this. I want, you to, I, I want you to get gut level honest with God and with yourself. Because that's tough. That, that's not easy to do. You've really got to want it. I want you to think about the choices that you're making in your life. Jesus is very clear to show us good choices and bad choices. You can choose this. You can, you can choose to lay up your treasure here, or you can choose to lay up your treasure there. You can choose to have good eyes and look at good things, or choose to look at bad things and have bad things. You can choose either God or your own life. You can choose to worry, or you can choose to trust. You can choose to focus on yourself, or you can choose to focus on God. But at the end of the day, the choice is yours. When, when, when that sky cracks open, when that trumpet blows, your decision will have been made. Your choice will have been settled. And it will be too late to say, oh, okay, I guess it's time to get all in God now. It's your choice. Mm. You choose. You choose a good life here and a good life there. Or you choose an okay life here and a bad life after. It's your choice. You're, you are responsible. Oh, oh, that we would, oh, that you would choose God because it's going to be fantastic when we get there. <laughs> we're going to pray and then we're going to sing. And, and a great choice on closing song, by the way. Uh, What will you choose today? Are you going to choose God today? Are you going to choose to jump in, say, yep, I want to be God's man, I want to be God's woman, or, ah, just kind of split the gap? God, thank you. Thank you that you give us clear direction on how to choose you. That you remove the questions and you remove the doubt, you, and you, you, you show it to us clearly you give us all of the answers that we need, Lord, because really the only answer we need is to 
to give you our life and just trust you. Just say, I'm along for the ride, Lord, let's go. God, speak to people today. Speak to their hearts. Help them to be able to look at their choices and see, see where they're making choices that could be better and see where their choices are holding them back. This is you, Lord. It's all for you. We pray these things in Jesus' name.